So it's Easter, and that means that graduations are just around the corner. And then after that, uh, Vacation Bible School, which is an amazing event at Canoe Creek, has always been amazing. It's an amazing ministry to our community. Uh, over the years, we can expect anywhere from five to 600 students on this campus at one given time. And, and unfortunately, just like things of last year, you know, they had to alter how they did everything. And, but this year, we're able to come back and have Vacation Bible School just like we always do. And we're excited about that. But one change that we're making is the middle school Vacation Bible School is going to be a whole separate event from the preschool and the elementary. And I'm excited about that because I think it's going to be great for the kids. It's going to be great for the community. Uh, the middle school will happen June the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th from 6 to 9 p.m. And the preschool and elementary is this uh, 7th through the 11th of June from 6 to 9 p.m. And here's why over the years that event has become something that we are well known for in our community. It's because of the sacrifice of this church consistently year in and year out. What makes that event possible, what makes it awesome uh, is that you understand the vision of it and you get involved in it. And so registration for that is already opened up. It's on our app. Just go to the events, click on VBS, and you can go ahead and get your kids registered. Um, and you can go ahead and register as a volunteer. Uh, so we look forward to doing that this year here in, in the coming months ahead. Um, so you like my shirt? All right. It mysteriously appeared in my closet. And uh, my wife then said, hey, I got you a shirt for Easter. Uh, you don't have to wear it if you don't want to, uh, but wear the khaki pants with it. And I said, okay, <laughs> uh, message taken. So uh, as we think about and focus in on the resurrection of Christ, a story came to mind for me just recently. Um, there was a video made of Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is a household name when it comes to skateboarding. You may not even know anything about skateboarding, but chances are you've, I've heard of this guy, Tony Hawk, before because in the 80s and 90s, he became the face of skateboarding. He may not have been the pioneers of the sport itself, but I tell you what, he was a pioneer in performing certain tricks that nobody else was performing. In fact, one of them was the Ollie 540. And um, he didn't even think it was possible. It was a joke. It started out as a joke. Uh, that, that you could actually do one and a half rotations in the air and keep a board under your feet and land that. Nobody thought it was possible. Then one day, one of his buddies, Steve Peralta, who was a pioneer in skateboarding as well, showed up with a high-speed camera, and it really gave Tony, like he said, it just kind of gave me the energy to, it's like, we could do this, and they just kept doing take after take after take, and finally he landed the Ollie 540, and everybody went nuts, right? And that was many, many years ago. Well, this video that we're going to watch was just recently, Tony Hawk at age 52, landing this trick again. Take a look at this video. Broke everything.
I read an article about his thoughts when this happened and why he became so emotional and he kind of broke down. And you think somebody who makes everything he does on a skateboard look easy and you watch just how hard that was for him to finally land it one more time. And that was why he became emotional. He said, I realized at age 52, this was the last time I'll ever be able to do this trick that I was the first one to ever do. And it brings us to our thought on Resurrection Sunday, where we celebrate that Jesus Christ came out of the grave with his own power. And it brings us to a simple reality, and that is this. The resurrection has the power to give us far more than time can take from us. When it comes down to it, all of us um, are going to lose when we are up against time, when we are up against the world. And, and there are things that time takes from us. I don't know. Some of you may have looked in the mirror recently and think, man, I don't look as beautiful as I once looked. Uh, talk to some of your friends. Maybe you weren't as beautiful as you thought you were to begin with, and that'll help out a little bit, right? There's some things that Mary Kay just cannot and will not change, you know, no matter how much you spend on it, right? Um, maybe that we, we're not in the same shape we used to be, like literally, or maybe physically, I'm not in the same shape. You know, I'll watch it in that video as Tony at age 52 was really pressing through to be able to keep going and doing what he's doing. That, that wasn't what it was like in the 80s and 90s, right? And it may be something even more significant that time has taken from you a loved one. Uh, time has taken from you personally through illness. Uh, time is taken from you the ability to do something that you love to do. Resurrection and its power has the ability to give us far more than time takes from us. That's, that's why we celebrate on Easter. That's why this building throughout every service has been more packed than it normally is in each and every Sunday because people recognize the power in resurrection and what Jesus ultimately did uh, for us. And Here's the reality. Sometimes the church, we, we get it wrong. Um, we make Easter about overly done songs, overly done sermons, overly done prayers. I mean, maybe we hang people from the rafters, you know. And at the end of the day, uh, Paul reminds us of the simplicity of Easter and the simplicity of what God's word and only God's word can do. When he said God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. He's basically saying that some looked at the resurrection as a foolish thing, but there were those who saw it and in faith believed and are saved as a result. He said, some look to signs and wonders. Others look for wisdom. In our culture, I will say some seek entertainment. All right, and then Paul goes on to say, but we preach Christ crucified. Why? Because he knows there's power in the resurrection to give to people more than time can ever take from them. And because time in this world has a way of peeling us back like a ripe fruit, one little layer at time, over, uh, you know, over the time that we experience life, we, we reminded that faith in Jesus can supply us with far more than what this world can ever take. And those who believe in that, uh, those who are growing in faith, 
to believe in that. Are people, as Kenny was saying in testimony, are radically transformed? That sharing the gospel just simply means sharing what Jesus has done in my life, and I'm a living representation of his power. That power demonstrated in resurrection, we're reminded of that in this scripture that's a core scripture for this morning. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all of people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I love this verse and this statement because, first of all, it, it talks about the hope that we look forward to, but it gives a very clear implication of hope isn't just something that we're waiting on. Hope is also something that we have in the moment. In fact, when we see the full, perfect, glorified presence of God, I would just assume hope melts away and becomes reality for us in that moment. And so the idea is, is that God, and through his resurrection, he gives us hope in the very seats we're sitting in the moment, in the season that we're in, in the situation that we're in, in the struggle that we may find ourselves in, no matter what it may be. And this is what moves us to put our faith ultimately in Jesus Christ. Some people say, ah, it's just false hope. It's false beliefs. You got it all mixed up, right? You know, you just want something to hope in. Therefore, you pin all your hopes on Jesus. But while that may be true for some, I know it's not true for me. I know it's not true for many of the Christian friends that I have in my life. Uh, uh, quite the opposite. It is we see and believe in what Jesus has done, who he claimed to be. And as a result of that, out of that, my hope grows. My hope comes to life. My hope is rooted and founded in Jesus. Why? Because simply stated, he showed up. Jesus showed up. That's a big deal if you think about it. Scripturally, we see this stated, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in the humanity. It's almost as if, you know, listen, they are flesh and blood. Let me show up as flesh and blood with them, among them, to fix what is ultimately going on. And, and as I contemplate that and the way this is stated, I think about this. You look at anything in this world from the amazing, majestic beauty of a mountain to the sunrise or sunset over the ocean into the eye of a newborn baby. You see the imprint of the creative ability of God in all of it, right? And think about this, from wherever it is that he sits or stands or wherever he is capable of being at anyone or at all time, God spoke everything that we know to be true into existence, it's very plausible that he could have spoken salvation into existence, but he didn't. He showed up. And that is important to all of us. When Jesus shows up, as Kenny alluded to, as some of us know in our own hearts, we're, we're walking testimony of God. God transforms people when Jesus shows up. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And this is why Jesus ultimately showed up, so that I could 
you could, we could be made right with God so that we could celebrate his presence in our life, present with him, him present with us, and have this hope of where we will see his full glory, be present with him for all of eternity. This is why Jesus showed up. I mean, there's a lot of technical things that we could say there, but let me just simply sum it up by saying he showed up so that we could be lifted up in God's presence or in the presence of God. This was his goal. This was his desire in showing up. I mean, we could get technical about he came to save us. He came to give new life. He came to rescue. He came to redeem from sin. We could go through all those things and so many more. But they're all about giving each and every one of us the opportunity at new life with God in his presence. As Peter, somebody close with Jesus, stated, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds. He quotes Isaiah, you have been healed. This is why he showed up. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember sometime somebody showed up? Could have been a tragic situation in your life. Could have just been a bad day. It could have been a bad season. It could have been a moment in time where everybody knew in your life things were hard. Sometimes I think we avoid those moments because we struggle. We're like, what will I say? What should I do? And the reality of it is, is those of us, all of us in this room, we've been through a tragic moment. We look back on that and we realize we don't really remember much of what anybody says. Maybe short little pithy poster type statements. We'll remember those, you know. But what we remember are faces. We remember the people who were there. We remember that somebody showed up because they cared for us. And the reality of it is, is God cares for us. And this is why Jesus didn't just simply show up, but he also raised up. Because he had the ability, he had the power to make something possible in our life. So going way back, I remember seven years old, riding my skateboard on the street. And I wanted to just pass in front of one house on the sidewalk. But that house is where Greg Gentry lived, who was four years older than me. And for whatever reason, he did not like the idea of me passing by his house because he was the neighborhood bully. So before you know it, I remember lying in the ditch with my nose bloody and all the kids in the neighborhood standing around staring at me, laughing at me. I'm still getting therapy to this day, you know, to work through this situation that I experienced in my life. I mean, who does that, you know? Um, but I remember above all other things what happened next. Um, probably most of us in here, we're either an older or a younger. You know what I mean, right? We're either an older sister, younger sister, older brother, younger brother. I'm a, I'm a younger. I'm, I'm the little. My nickname was Rossi Ratnest. That was my nickname growing up. I'll tell you the story sometime, but I'm going through th counseling for that one too. Um, but guess what happened? I'm laying on the ground, you know, nose bloody, all beat up. My brother showed up. My older brother showed up. He took care of business. He made sure that Rossi Ratness was not to be touched. He could skateboard down his sidewalk anytime he wants to. And 
we find confidence, we find encouragement in, in that reality. Because listen, to be honest, with you, there are times when I just need somebody to show up. But there's times when I need somebody to show up because I need you. You got something that I need. You've got an ability that is needed, you know, and, and likewise in, in other people's lives, sometimes we show up for them because they need something there. And Jesus didn't just show up. He raised up because he knew that there was something in all of our lives that was absolutely necessary. There's this scene where Jesus is on the inside of a house and he's with his disciples and his mom and his brothers are on the outside of the house. So they're trying to get in. And, and we read this, then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, he here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. I know sometimes for those who are not believers in Christ, it's got to be a really odd thing to hear about the communion elements, the body and the blood of Jesus and this idea of blood. But that is the covenant that makes us one. That's the covenant that brings us together. Blood was shed so that we become one blood, so to speak, in a family where Jesus is our older brother. He is our, he's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our King. And he doesn't just show up. He shows up and he flexes. He shows up and he raises up. And he does for us what every single one of us absolutely need. Look, during that song we sang right before I came up, I love that statement and the way, you know, Tracy really brought it. And then we transitioned to, it is finished, it is done. And even after singing that, you know, three times this morning on this, this third time, I'm sitting there thinking, my sin is paid for. My life is redeemed. My future is set. Everything that needs to be done for me was done because Jesus raised up. And that power is now extended to me in my life through the presence of the Spirit. Because I believe, and His Word says that He gives His Spirit to those who put His faith in Him to lead us, to guide us, to grow us, and to shape us, and to seal us for this future. But I realize... Some see the resurrection as a hoax. They just see it as an orchestrated event. But in all sincerity, for most of us who are probably born here in, in this country and recognize that George Washington was the first president of the United States of America, and we don't really challenge that, right? The same tools that we look at historical uh, artifacts and, and writings to discern, that is the same tools that we use to recognize that the crucifixion of Jesus took place. The resurrection of Jesus has too many things around it to just simply be coincidence. It is sealed, it is finished, it is completed, it is done, and he rose from the grave. This is what gives us hope that he raised up. What are some things we know about that? The tomb was empty. Uh, Don't be alarmed, the angel said. You're looking for Jesus and Nazarene who was crucified. He's risen, he's not here. See the place where they laid him. It's been said many Easter since. The stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus can walk out. Think about that for a minute. And like a man who can raise up from the dead needs a stone moved so he can walk out of a tomb. He can move about just as he would desire. But the stone was pulled back so that when those who came there and us thousands of years later can see their testimony, that when they looked in there, Jesus was gone. There wasn't any evidence of a body in a tomb at all. He was risen up and resurrected. 
His closest friends believed without a doubt that he was resurrected. And he was seen at one time over 500 people. But Jesus said, why, do you, why are you so frightened? Why do you doubt? Look at my hands, my feet, and see who I am. Touch me and find out for yourselves. Ghosts don't have flesh and bones as you see I have. After Jesus said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. After this, he appeared to more than 500 other followers. Most of them are still alive, but some have died. It's 50 days after this that his church, his followers, begin with such conviction and resolve and confidence. that Here's people who are running, scattered, and scared, and hiding out from everybody. And now, 50 days later, they're standing out in front of millions of people potentially in Jerusalem preaching the gospel with no concern in the world, only conviction and confidence. Why? Because they saw something. Jesus showed up in their life, and when he was crucified and buried, he raised up, they saw him. And the conviction of what they saw moved them beyond what we could ever imagine is possible to begin a work that is still growing and exists throughout the world today. He showed up, he raised up, but he spoke up as well. You know, Jesus speaks words of life to us question is, are we listening? Uh, The Bible says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword living and active. That's because the spirit of God is at work in the hearts of non-believers when they're listening and entertaining the words of Jesus, the words that that are from God in in his Bible. Uh, The Spirit of God is alive and active in those who put their faith in Jesus and his work in us is to convict us and to guide us and direct us to knowing and following and trusting God. And think about that when we see this scene where where Jesus um, is at the garden where he had come out of the grave. And Mary shows up there. And the, the statement that is made is just a simple statement. You see, she doesn't recognize him. It's probably early in the morning, still dark. She's overcome with grief. I mean, she's probably, her eyes are still probably swollen and wet from crying all, all last few days. And here's what we read. Jesus asked her, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? I can't help but get past that Jesus is focused on her pain. Jesus is focused on how she's hurting. And and I think about this being Mary and, and Mary and Martha and Lazarus. You know, Mary and Martha were sisters and they were sister to, to their brother Lazarus. Lazarus is the one who gets sick and Mary and Martha want Jesus to come and heal him. This happened years before the, the crucifixion and resurrection. And Jesus doesn't show up in time. When he gets there, Martha and Mary are just, they're distraught. They're overcome with grief. They just lost a loved one, obviously. And, and, and they're frustrated with Jesus to a certain degree. And it leads us to the shortest and simplest statement in all the New Testament scriptures. Jesus wept. This means he didn't just simply cry. This means he sobbed. His heart was pained. He was hurting for how he saw those whom he loved hurting. Uh, we read as, as God is telling us he's preparing the new heavens and the new earth for us. This in Revelation 21, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God is concerned about your pain. The resurrection is a response to it. it it's a way to, to deal with it and to fix it. 
On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And something that is repeated, it is important. Let me just simply say that Jesus spoke up because he wants to speak words of peace into your chaos. <laughs> he wants to speak words of peace into your pain. I, I want to share an image with you, but before I do, I got to set it all up. All right. This image was not intended for you. But sometimes God has different plans. I snapped this image for my covenant group. It's five other guys, six guys total that we're just doing life together. Uh, we meet by Zoom every, every month, once a month. And then we meet in person twice a year because they're all over the nation. And I snapped this picture because they've been praying for me. And I just wanted to encourage them as they have been encouraging me. But see, it all starts about two weeks back, just a week ago or so. My, my family, we kind of had a bad week. Um, our 13-year-old chocolate lab, Mac, died. We had to put him to sleep. And I, I get it. Some people are like, it's just an animal or it's just a dog. And I appreciate everybody's perspective. Uh, some, somebody asked me one time, why did I cry so much when my dog Chewy died, my first dog? And I said, well, Chewy got in the truck with me every day for eight years and went everywhere I went with me. I, was like, I spent more time with that dog than I did with some family. You know what I mean? And then Mac, in all sincerity, he was the best dog I ever had. And as far as I'm concerned, ever will have. Because Finn is still alive and kicking with us. So I'm going to get three tombstones. One that says, Chewy, our first dog, Mac, our best dog, Finn, our last dog. I'm done. I'm out. All right. And so it was just a really rough week. And, and it was, you know, really emotional. Well, my wife runs a preschool. And this took place on Tuesday. And then. On Thursday, the kids were arriving to the house, and uh, one of the kids, it was his birthday, so he wanted an Avengers-themed birthday, so he brought masks, and so I got to be Iron Man, right? And then another girl shows up, and the night before, when they were at the dollar store, she was told that she could pick out anything she wanted, and she picked out a little stuffed dog um, for Tina because Miss Tina had lost her dog, Mac. And so here I am on Thursday morning sitting in my Iron Man mask with a dog on my shoulder when I snapped this picture. Now here's a whole other story. I got it cut. I was like vying for the Jesus part in the Easter pageant. They said, you're too gray. So I just went ahead and cut it and moved on from there. But let me tell you why I share this with you. I share this with you because we know the resurrection does heavy lifting. By that I mean we know it deals with life and it deals with death and it deals with eternity. This is heavy lifting. But the resurrection deals with so much more. It brings about a sense of peace and joy even when our hearts are troubled. Even when things are difficult, uh, even when that joy or peace comes in the form of silly masks and dollar store dogs. 
the resurrection is soothing our pain in our heart because it gives us more than time will ever take from us. And I don't mean that in some sort of health, wealth, prosperity gospel sense. And that is believe in God and all your wildest dreams will come true. No, I'm talking about the resurrection gives us the opportunity to to be present with God and God present with us. And as we grow in time to know what that means, that presence is greater than any treasure, than any relationship, than any lost dog who does not need resurrection, by the way. You know why? Because all dogs go to heaven. It's just like straight on. Let me just close with this one last thought and, uh, and a verse. I, this last thought, I, I didn't realize that this was going on. I, you know how they name different generations? Like, and I think of the greatest generation, one, a generation of people here within our nation that made a significant sacrifice. And, and I, like, they get these names. I'm thinking like they're going to have to start naming them like Skittles generation, Snowflake generation. And, you know, just keep on going. Because I didn't realize they took dodgeball out of schools. I'm like, what? How can you take dodgeball out of school? And then it dawned on me. I'm like, I realize why we don't have character development in kids anymore because they're lacking dodgeball. There is nothing like taking a slightly, slightly deflated rubber ball 30 miles an hour to the face to develop perfect character. I mean, it will shape you. It will mold you. It will form you. Um. You know, and, and if you've ever played dodgeball, which some of you, it's like, good Lord, you don't know what dodgeball is. We need to bring dodgeball back at Canoe Creek. I could see it happening in this room right now. Um, you, 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 you want to trick the kids who don't know what they're doing. And so you get a ball in your left hand and a ball in your right hand. And you throw the ball in your left hand really high over to their side. Because what they do is they go, oh, a ball. That's your moment. You launch the other one as fast as you can immediately at their face. And, and then, you know, character building moments happen. I, I share all that mostly somewhat sort of in jest. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. To say that for 12 months, I think that we've been staring at the ball in the air. Don't get me wrong. Uh, people have lost their lives. I just prayed with and, and hugged and cared on a man this morning whose wife went to be with the Lord as a result of COVID-19. But there's only certain things Mary Kay Cosmetics can fix. There's only certain things our medical industry can fix. And I think that we've gotten so focused over the last 12 months on physical healing that we've lost sight of what everybody needs above all things. And that's spiritual healing. There's a story of when some friends brought a paralyzed uh, friend of theirs to Jesus to be healed. The house was so packed, the door was packed, they couldn't get in. So they go to the roof and part of the roof would have been open. It's a cultural thing. And they would have ripped it open maybe a little bit more to be able to access getting their friend and lowering them down into there to be healed by Jesus. And I'm always curious, like, did that friend want that to do that? Was it like, no, really, I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to do this. But it's like, hey, you don't have any choice. (laughs) We're taking you. Was he paralyzed from the waist down 
neck down. I mean, what, you know? But I really start having questions when Jesus says what he says. Because here comes this paralyzed person and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. I'm like, Jesus, get with the program. You do realize they just lowered a paralyzed person in front of you. They're not asking for their sins to be forgiven. I wonder if there's a long, dramatic pause and everybody looking in like, oh my goodness, did you just hear what this guy said? Only God can do what he's saying. I wonder if there's this long, dramatic pause and Jesus just kind of soaks it up and looks around the room, you know, like, what's everybody going to do? What are they going to say? But then he says, you know what? I want you to know that I have the power to forgive sins. So here's what I'll do. I'll say a word and with a word, I can heal the central nervous system of this, in, this person's body. <laughs> Their spine will be perfect again. They can walk and they do. See, everybody was focused on the ball in the air, right? Fix the fact that he can't walk. Jesus said, that's not your greatest problem. <laughs> your greatest problem is you need to be reconnected with God and that can only be done because of my ability to forgive sins. Think about that as we read this from Romans. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And as it says, you will be saved several times here. Let me remind you, the resurrection isn't just about heavy lifting. It isn't just about life and death and eternity. It's about God speaking into every moment of our life. Salvation is much more multifaceted than just wanting to know I get to go to a good place when I die. God gives us an opportunity to be in a good place in the moment we live in right now, even when trouble comes our way or difficult things come our way. Here's what I want to encourage you with. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, but your heart is convicted to put your faith in his resurrection and to confess your sins, you're on the edge of faith. I would invite you to take that next step uh, to talk with me after the service so that I can lead you in what the scriptures tell us to do to begin following Jesus. If you are a believer in Christ and the spirit of God is dwelling in you as God has promised that it would in those who put their faith in Jesus and you're convicted that there should be more in your life that you just made salvation or resurrection about the heavy lifting part but you realize how you're failing to let him show up every day in your life, then I would encourage you to take whatever steps you need to take to, to connect with the Father, to connect with his church, to connect with his word, to be engaged in the scriptures. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, but you've never been united with Christ in baptism, you don't know what that really means, but you've read about it in the scriptures, I'd love to talk to you about the steps that you can take to do that. The baptismal is actually ready this morning if you want to be united with Christ in baptism. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you that it encourages and convicts us to trust and follow you and to believe in who you are. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to keep our eyes where it needs to be on what you've done for us through the resurrection, 
and be reminded as we may struggle in this life as time and the world takes things from us, that your resurrection is the power that reminds us you give far more. Thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're a believer in Christ and you grab the communion elements on your way in, I would invite you to go ahead and prepare those elements at this time. Uh, There's a small piece of bread, a small cup of juice that represent the body and the blood of Jesus. I, I get it. Like if you're not a believer in Jesus, this seems like an awkward time. And it doesn't make any sense to engage in something like this because it doesn't really make sense. But for those of us who are believers, we just recognize that this symbolizes the fact that Jesus showed up. The fact that he was crucified and shed his blood so that he could be raised up. And the fact that he spoke up, spoke words into the lives of those who were with him on this earth and they're still speaking words of peace into our life to this day. And so for those of us who are believers in Christ, as we take these emblems, they remind us of that commitment he made to us and they spur us on to continue to make our commitment to him. Not to gain something that he's already paid for, but to celebrate the best that we can, to glorify him the best that we can what he paid for. Uh, Rob's also available over here. Shawnee is available over here. They'll be available throughout the rest of the service. If you want to take the steps to place your faith in Jesus Christ or need somebody to pray with you about something that's going on or want to recommit yourself to Christ and need encouragement and direction on how to take those steps, they'll be there. I'll be up front available to you this morning.